Welcome to Speaking of Business. I'm Goldie Hyder of the Business Council of Canada. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed many aspects of the way we live. Over the past few months, we've learned to keep our distance from others, many of us are adapting to working from home, and our shopping patterns have also changed. We're purchasing more online, and when we go to the store, chances are very little physical money is changing hands. Could we be heading towards a cashless society? What would that look like? And how else are businesses being affected by the pandemic? Is the virus accelerating a digital transformation? Let's find out. My guest today is Stacey Madge, Country Manager and President of Visa Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Stacey. Thank you, Goldie. Pleasure to be here. Well, first of all, how are you doing? How's, uh, how's your family? Good. You know, I think the Chinese symbol for crisis is a combination of two symbols, danger and opportunity. And while the danger to the economy and our health is real, I think it's also a good opportunity for spending more time with family and having an opportunity to work with people at work that you wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to work with. Well, if your house is anything like mine, where I've got, you know, three daughters, uh, this virus and this pandemic has not stopped their desire to keep shopping. What are you seeing with your customers? So, you know, with Visa and in Canada in general, about 74% of the $1 trillion in personal consumer expenditure is on card payments, whether it's credit or debit cards. And Visa is the largest payments network in Canada based on dollar volumes. So we have a pretty good lens into spend behaviors and the sectors of the economy that are most impacted. So overall, payment volumes are down about 20 to 35 percent, depending on the week. The hardest hit segments are not surprisingly in travel. So airlines, cruises and travel agencies, for example, have experienced declines of close to 95 percent. So there's incredible strain on these industries. Restaurants are down 75%. And despite the fact that growth of over 200% in online ordering and delivery is taking place, it's not enough to make up for what is, in fact, an in-person business. And then Canadian small businesses, as you know, are being fairly significantly impacted. Even before the crisis, Canadian small businesses were not as digital as they needed to be. Only about 12% of their sales was really from e-commerce. And in Canada, over we've seen an over 50% decline in in-person sales. So small businesses are really disproportionately bearing a fair amount to this. Are you seeing the other side of that coin, as you mentioned? Are there people who have come up uh, from when, when they were perhaps down before the virus? Sure. And, you know, Canada is a country... Our payment system is very digitally advanced. Like we rank as one of the top cashless countries in the world, that our payment system is very digitally sophisticated. And so if there was a country that was ready for government restrictions to stay at home, we were actually a country that was more ready than others, which is a positive thing. So grocery and food is up over 30%. At the peak, when people were really hoarding, it was up over 80%. Liquor and beer, unsurprisingly, is up around 30%. Cannabis, a fun fact on cannabis, is up about 150%. And then home entertainment, things that are associated with making people's lives more enjoyable at home are also up as well as now we're seeing real improvements in gardening and home improvements as people are trying to get outside and improve their home. 
You'd be a great enabler for a lot of these smaller businesses, um, including those that perhaps have had a history of, uh, of working from home to begin with. Is that the case? Yes. So we as Visa are doing a lot with respect to small business. It's something that we're pretty passionate about. So there's a few things that we're doing. We as Visa globally have launched a $210 million program. $10 million is aimed at the front lines as part of the crisis, but $200 million is actually aimed at rebuilding small businesses. And there's going to be a focus predominantly on women's economic advancement. Right now, we're just working with the foundation on the specific strategy for Canada, which we'll share in the coming weeks as we want to make sure it's very locally relevant. But in addition to that, Visa's building a strong small business program to support Canadian small businesses with tools, partnerships, and offers. And we're going to be directing a fair bit of our marketing efforts to help small businesses and getting them up and running. And the advantage of being a global country is we've had the opportunity to learn from crises and disasters in other parts of the world, such as the Australian wildfires, for example, and how we worked in Australia to restart small businesses there. And we can bring a lot of those learnings to Canada. Now, speaking of caring, I know we talked about your $210 million program, but I also know that you've been doing things in particular around food banks. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So we donated $10 million. $200 million is going to support small businesses and restarting the economy. $10 million is going to the front lines. And in Canada, as well as in the U.S., the organization that we're, we're supporting is Food Banks of Canada. And so we're very excited about that. We also have a lot of work with our employees that we're doing. We've, we've more than doubled the amount of time that employees can spend doing volunteer activities to support the crisis. And we've got a number of food drives going on in the office to support Canada. Well, that's terrific. What other steps has uh, Visa taken in terms of making life easier for your customer during this crisis? So we've worked hard to ensure the safety and soundness of the Canadian and global payments ecosystem more broadly. In Canada, one thing we did is knowing that consumers were nervous with respect to touching pin pads on merchants. Mm-hmm. And and cash has been associated with is dirty. It can change hands three to four times a day, and it, it's seen as germ carrying. We increased the tap to pay limits from a hundred dollars to two hundred fifty dollars. And merchants, banks, and acquirers were really quick in Canada to make this happen. So today, we now have over seventy percent of transactions that are occurring in person are either tap with your phone or tap with your card. This compares to just over 60% pre-COVID. So will those increased limits be available after the pandemic is over? Yes. The fraud associated with transactions, either from 150 to 200 or above 200, is very, very low. So I see the convenience for consumers trumping what we're seeing in terms of risk. So we don't see that changing. Right. Well, look, you were talking earlier, you know, about sort of some of the Canadian traits that you've observed, you being a 
a um, early adopter of technology as as a people. The the notion that you know we were built to stay home, although I suspect we were also the opposite in terms of the nature that we have to enjoy. What else have you learned about Canada and Canadians in this process? Well. I think what we'll see as we come out of the crisis is there'll be some fairly significant structural changes coming out of this. So in Canada and in other parts of the world, we'll see a further acceleration in the shift to cashless. So Canada is already a very cashless society, and this we would project has just accelerated that acceleration to cashless by as much as three to five years. And Canadians will be a lot more digital post-COVID than they mm-hmm. were pre-COVID. And so we've seen a marked shift in Canadians shopping online during the crisis. And online purchases are likely to remain at elevated levels. So if you look at pre-COVID, for example, that 50% of our purchases were not face-to-face, were, were online or through e-commerce. And today, this is now north of 60%. Online food delivery services are up 200%. One quarter of food and grocery purchases are now done online or through click to collect. And this digital consumer shift will not revert to the way it was pre-COVID. And it will really necessitate small businesses accelerating their digital presence. So that'll be a major structural change we'll see. Right. Yeah, I referenced that because I think the longer this thing lasts, the harder it is to change your behavior afterwards. So even if you wanted to go back after a year or two, you probably have you know beaten it out of your system, right? Exactly. Well, the other interesting thing about talking with people like you in your position, Stacey, of course, is you you have a global lens, right? I mean, Visa is a global company. You have line of sight to your colleagues uh, around the world. What can you tell us in terms of how you know your colleagues uh, are responding? What are some of the best practices that you've been able to adopt or they've been able to take from us, for example? Well, a few things that we've seen across the world Goldie. One is Singapore is a really good lesson for the world in not rushing too fast to open up business. What we saw in Singapore is we reached a new floor after they opened up too quickly and then had to tighten the restrictions further. So that was one learning. Another learning is the importance of a digital payments ecosystem. So if you look at other economies around the world that don't quite have that sophisticated of an ecosystem, They have really suffered, such as Italy, Brazil, India, uh, where where consumers just were not able to adapt to an online world. And then as we look at coming out of the crisis, we've learned a lot from economies such as South Korea, Taiwan, Germany, with respect to testing and tracing as a means to help accelerate the growth of the economy coming out of the crisis. Let's talk about leadership, because again, you're you're a leader yourself. You have line of sight to a lot of leaders around the world. What are you learning, you know, about being a leader in a crisis? And what have you learned about yourself? Well, being in a crisis, I found that it's really important to have increased rigor and inclusiveness in decision making. So when you're working in a virtual environment, it's more important than ever before to make sure you're listening to your people, their views of major decisions, because you're not able to rely as much as you can on visual cues in the meeting. And so you Mm -hmm. really have to 
work harder at asking questions and listening to people and getting the different views. And I think the second imperative that we found and that's really, really important to us is around mental health. And I know that's a passion area of yours as well. People are under a lot of strain right now. And what we did in Canada was we built a very robust mental health program that's focused on over-communicating, mindfulness and health exercises, learning seminars. And we try to start every conversation with our people with a question around how are you feeling, how are you doing, to make sure that we're, we're just caring for them. Well, Stacey, time flies. Uh, thank you for doing this. I and mean, we've covered a, a lot of ground. I think you have shared with our listeners a lot of wisdom and, and a lot of nuggets about human behavior and who we are as a people. And if there's one thing I, I believe strongly in is, you know, don't underestimate mankind. We're pretty uh, resilient lot. We'll, we'll get through this, right? Absolutely. Thanks again for doing this, Stacey. Stacey Madge is the country manager and president of Visa Canada. If you would like to hear more of our speaking of business conversations about the COVID-19 crisis, you can find them all wherever you get your podcasts or go to our website, speakingofbiz.ca. That's biz with a Z. Until next time, I'm Goldie Hyder. Thank you for joining us. Be well, be safe.